<laughs> well, good morning again. How's everyone doing? Good? Excited? Still? Hey, something I forgot to say back on the back table. We do have uh, some different cross ornaments. You got different ones, peace on earth. Jesus is the reason for the season. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So there's a bunch of them back there on the table. Just want to encourage you, take them with you when you leave. Put them on your own Christmas tree. Hang them from your rearview mirror. Wrap them up and give them as a last-minute Christmas stocking stuffer. You know, I know some of y'all still need them stocking stuffers. We got some back there for you. Now, don't be turning around giving it to your significant other and saying Merry Christmas because they're going to be like, really, you got this in church. You know, so, so don't go there with it, but that's okay. So we're in week three uh, of the Christmas option. And, you know, for those who, who received the text message with the sermon notes on it, it had a question. And that question was, you know, how do you feel when your routine is interrupted? Now, for most of us, when our routine is interrupted, we kind of get maybe a little frustrated some of us actually enjoy that interruption because our routine got boring and we wanted something to change in it anyways. But in a lot of cases, when our routine gets interrupted, we, we kind of don't go at it with a happy face. You know, I know when my routine gets interrupted, for those of you who know, I, I tell you all the time, I don't have OCD, I got CDO because it's got to be alphabetically correct. And, and if you ever look at my calendar, Every minute of the day is accounted for. So everything, in, in every half hour, I get a uh, message come across my phone. Hey, it's time to do this. It's time to do that. And then all of a sudden, something out of the norm happens. And, and now I'm getting these messages, but I'm stuck doing something else. And now I'm thinking about all the stuff I'm not going to get done. And it really, you know, that whole, and then I like start panicking and, and I get angry, I get upset. And yes, your pastor gets angry and upset. And, and then I start, oh my God, I can't believe. And at the end of the day, I'm like, I accomplished nothing. Well, I probably accomplished a lot, just not what I wanted to accomplish. And, and unfortunately, that's what happens when we get outside of our routines. And, and we're going to see that today. We're actually going to look at three different sets of characters in the Christmas story who all three of them had their routine interrupted. So, so they had something they were doing in their life and, and it was interrupted by, by what was going on in the whole Christmas story. And the reality is each one of them had a, had a choice in how they would actually um, take those steps when their routine got interrupted. But Sometimes we just make the wrong choices. Think about it. In your routine, think about interruptions and routines. Holidays, our routines get interrupted, don't they? How many of y'all got someone coming to your house around Christmas time? Or are going to someone else's house? That's an interruption routine, right? You got to go there, and then you got to kind of like be on your best behavior. But yet, even when they come to your house, they're not on their best behavior. And you got to kind of act right. And, and then for the, for the youth in the house, mom makes you dress up. You need to put on your best clothes to go. And you're like, why? Why? We're just going to go there, you know, and, and we're going to sit and we're going to eat. And then we're going to listen to music. And why do I got to get dressed up? 
Okay, well, that's fine. I'll put on my best dress pants, my best shirt, but can I wear my Crocs? Right? Ain't that right, Didi? I'm going to put on my best pants, a good shirt, but I'm going to wear my Crocs. And I kind of chuckle, but you see, we get pulled out of these routines, and during work, work, we get our routine interrupted, especially around the holidays. We, we get just life in general, we get disrupted in. And, and you know, it's kind of like this frustration that builds. Um, but we got to remember, sometimes those routines get interrupted for a purpose. And we got to see the bigger purpose of what's behind it instead of just what's in our own mind. So as we continue today, you know, like I said, we're continuing this, the Christmas option. Um, the last two weeks, we kind of looked at the events leading up to the birth of Christ. And today we kind of get to see the aftermath of the birth of Christ in these three sets of characters and how the birth of Christ affected them, how it messed up their normal routines and their actual reactions to what happened. And we may be surprised with some and not surprised with other reactions. Um, you know, first we're going to look at the shepherds. The shepherds were doing their job. So they were at work. They were out in the fields. They were at work. And then we have the magi who, who come from a totally different religion, totally different country, um, but their lives were interrupted when they see the star in the sky. And then we got King Herod who hears about this birth of this new king. And so now his whole routine is interrupted because, wait a minute, I'm the king. What do you mean there's a king of the Jews? So we're going to see three different ways people get interrupted. And I think for us, the whole big idea for this is, is we need to look for God's unique opportunities when our routines get interrupted. Now you think about it, we, we get interrupted, it's automatic, oh, I can't believe it got interrupted. And, and it may be something God's going to use you in that moment. Maybe it's that conversation. Maybe it's being a little different than everyone else who may be going crazy in that time. And, and as Christ followers, we, if we want to love God, and, and we want to love God, and we want to love others like we're called to do, We've got to allow our routines to be interrupted. As much as you may not like it, God can use them and may have unique opportunities for us when he interrupts our routines. So let's go ahead and dive into these stories. We've got a lot of scripture we're going to be going through today. The first going to be in Luke chapter 2. We're actually going to pick up where we left off last week, so... It's on page 1,179 in the Bible in the back of the pew in front of you. Um, last week we ended on verse 7. We're going to pick up on verse 8. Um, but as always, it will be on the screen. And can you please all rise for the reading and the hearing of God's Word. So, Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. In the same reason, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. 
Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, there were a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to, people, to the people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who were lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Amen. Please be seated. So, so as, we, as we start this, you know, we're looking at the shepherds. And, and I think one of the things that we really see here with the shepherds, uh, they're out there doing their job, they're doing what they're called to do. But ministry happens when we get outside of our routine. And, and I think we see this within the shepherds. Think about it. They had a job, they were watching the sheep. And it's a very important job for them. As we know, watching the sheep from King David... There were lions and bears that were out there to attack the flocks. So, so they had this job they were required to do. And, and to, to leave their job would mean they'd have to give up their lifestyle or maybe hurt the lifestyle of somebody else. But, but see, this, this whole this ministry happens outside the routine. Here, all of a sudden, they're in the field, they're doing their job, and an angel shows up. Now, how many of y'all would like to be doing your job and all of a sudden an angel show up? Yeah, I'd love for the angel of the Lord to show up while I'm doing my job. I would rather him show up when I'm doing my job than when I'm not doing my job. Because I don't want to be caught doing what I shouldn't be doing, you know. It, treat every moment like the, like the Lord's coming back kind of thing. But so they're out there, they're doing their job here. Here this angel shows up giving them good news, and if that's not enough, then a multitude of the heavenly hosts show up. Besides freaking out, which I'd be like, uh, yeah, it's this opportunity for a normal every day. It was a night just like any other night. They're looking for, you know, making sure no lions or bears come and get the flock, and all of a sudden, here's this angel giving them good news. The Messiah, the Lord, has been born in Bethlehem. Now, now, they would have known this through, through reading of the Torah, through reading it, and through growing up, knowing what God's Word said, that, that the Messiah would be born, and now they're getting this news as the shepherds. So it kind of breaks their normal routine. And, and I kind of think about how it really played out. After the, the angel left and the multitudes left, you know, it says they went. But I kind of wonder how it actually played out. Because if you're like me, how many of y'all remember peer pressure when you were in school? In the world today, we still got peer pressure. But, but you think about how peer pressure works. It's like all of a sudden, you know, my, my buddy John comes up and says, hey, we're going to skip school today. 
And, and, and then we're kind of like, you know, so the rest of us are kind of like, well, I guess we could skip school. And, and we kind of wait for the majority to decide, hey, we're going to skip school, you know, because there's strength in numbers. If it's just John and no one else feels like doing it, then guess what? John's still going to go to school with the rest of us because we follow our peers. John may be going, I still ain't going to school today, but that's okay. <laughs> well, then we'll put that peer pressure on him to keep coming. But you know how that works. And, and so I wonder if the shepherds kind of did that same thing. Was, was it the one, you know, all of a sudden, man, I'm going. That angel said, go, I'm on my way. And then you had, you know, the, the shepherd Abraham. Well, I don't know. You know, we saw a lion and bear last night. And then maybe you got, you know, Judas the shepherd. Well, I'm going. I don't care. And they, you know, did they have this conversation? Or did they just be like, that's it, I'm out. You know, the angel told us we got to go. I think it probably went with the conversation of, hey, are you going? Did we really just see that? You know, what's going on? So I think there was probably a conversation. But what we do know is that they left their flocks. They were obedient to take those steps and move on because they knew what happened was bigger than what they were doing. And, and although they were in this regular routine of life doing their job, they stepped outside their comfort zone to go and see what the angels declared. And, and, and they were willing to take that step. And if you notice, when they got out of that comfort zone, when, when they got out of their routine is when they met Jesus. And I think sometimes we got to do that same thing, get out of our routine in order to meet Jesus where he wants us to be. There, there's times we got to take those steps and say, hey, you know what? I know I'm supposed to be doing this, but, but I got to take this step and do what God's calling me to do. You know, for some of you may be saying, man, that was just irresponsible for them to leave their job. They're going to be written up and they're possibly going to be fired. As a matter of fact, if they were union workers, Man, they're going to have to be in front of Union Hall and talking. They're going to have to be in front of my brother back here in front of HR. Well, why'd you leave your job? An angel came. Really? <laughs> Can you imagine someone coming into your office? Why'd you leave your job? An angel came and spoke to me. Okay. In today's world, what were you taking? You know? Yeah, going to be Baker Act. They're going to call somebody, you know? Baker Act. That's pretty good, right? Baker Act. Anyway. <laughs> So, <laughs> I swear it's not named after me. <laughs> but that, that whole reality of, of just, you know, sometimes we got to be irresponsible. And I know parents are sitting there, don't tell my kids to be irresponsible. Don't be doing that. Well, sometimes we got to get outside of our norm. We got to be stretched, get out of, like we talked about last week, that comfort zone, and get into that learning zone, not quite panic, but but actually take them steps because it's when the shepherds stepped out of their routine that they met Jesus. And, and what a better way to meet Jesus than to step out of our comfort zone. And, and, and here we know the shepherds, because of what they did, they're an intricate part of the Christmas story. We, we, we know about the shepherd's story. We know, we may not know their names, but we know what happened with them, and that they were obedient to what God called them to do. Now, the second thing I think we need to do is understand that when we have those inconveniences, to, to be willing to take that inconvenience 
just like the shepherds did, and do what God calls us to do. Because God, a lot of times those unique opportunities that God presents to us come when he pulls us out of our routine. He takes us out of our comfort zone to, to take those next steps. Now the next person we're going to see is we're going to look at, at the Magi. Now the Magi is kind of, you know, when, I, when I look at this, I think of, you know, hey, these were, you know, astrologers, they were Persian, they were definitely a far cry from Jewish religion. You know, totally different thought process, and it really makes me realize that God can use anyone. God can use anyone at all. And, and he allows anyone to that opportunity to come and meet him. He, he opens that door for anyone who's willing to take those steps. So in Matthew 2, verses 1 and 2, it says this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. Now, I, I, I got to tell you that the Magi are one of the characters of Christmas that I really enjoy. You know, there's something about, I mean, you know, a lot of places, a lot of religions or cultures that they celebrate Three Kings Day, you know, and it's well after Christmas because the reality is the Magi were not there to meet Jesus in the manger. They came after the fact. But we, yeah, we put them in our nativity scene because it's cool having these three kings. But you notice the Bible never says it was three of them, right? It never says we assume there's three because of what they brought, but there's actually not, not three. It could have been a host of them. But, but as I think about the Magi, here they're coming, and it would be like today, imagine if we had a group of fortune tellers, all dressed in fortune teller garb, come walking through that door. How would you treat them? Kind of look at them kind of weird. Be like, man, what are you doing here? Yeah, get behind me, Satan. But shouldn't we love them? Shouldn't we treat them just like anybody else? We should, but the reality is, in most cases, we're going to be like, y'all need to sit on that side. Stay away from the hallelujah corner. Go ahead and sit in the back over there. Or we're not going to talk to them at all, but what I always say, everyone who comes through these doors should be what? Known, noticed, and loved. Every one of us have those same three basic needs in our life. And so no matter who comes through the door, that's how they should be. That's how they should be treated. And the reality is, that's the Magi. When they're coming to follow this star, they're looking, they're from, like I said, a totally different religion, totally different belief system. But there was something about, hey, you know what? If the star in the sky is going to announce this king of the Jews, I need to go see him. So again, they had to get out of their norm. They're watching, they're, they're looking at the stars, they're worshiping. All of a sudden, hey, look at this. They see a star and they immediately, hey, we got to go. And it wasn't just like a day's journey. It was days and days of journeying following this star. 
to meet the king of the Jews, a totally different religion, a totally different thought process, people who were once held as slaves to the Persian, but yet they want to go and get out of their comfort zone to go and meet this king. They want to take them steps and move forward. And I like what it says in Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. The reality is God allows anyone and gives that grace to everybody. Not just the ones that we think he should give grace to. Because think about that. We got some people in our life who are like, God, don't give them no grace. We got family members who are going to take us out of our routine on the holidays. We're going to be like, God, why'd you give them grace? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We want to smite them. Smite them, God. But God gives that grace and has that door open for anyone who wants to. Anyone who wants to seek him can meet him. So if we had a bunch of fortune tellers come in here and they actually said, hey, I want to find out about this Jesus thing. How we treat them, how we react to them is going to be bigger than anything that gets said about this Jesus thing. Because the reality are, as Christ followers, we're supposed to be like Christ, but yet we will push people to the side and not be Jesus with skin on. Because they may take us out of our routine. It may not be comfortable for us. It may not be, oh, well, this is our custom and this is our belief and this is what, what we do and I'm sorry you can't come in here, but yet Jesus allowed you to come in. So we need to make sure that we allow others to come and meet Jesus because even in the Christmas story, astrologers traveled from the east to Jerusalem to meet Jesus. So we need to be willing to get out of our own comfort zone for people who are seeking God with their whole hearts and seeking to find out about this Jesus thing. Actually get out of our own comfort zone and allow them into and be a part of what Jesus is doing. Amen? Amen. Now, the other thing we see, and I think this really applies to us in our own lives as we're going to look at King Herod. And I think about Herod, and I think about my own past career in management and understand that sometimes that threats of our position or even threats of power are actually opportunities for us to leave a legacy. Uh, unfortunately, in, in today's world, it's all about, you know, me, myself, and I, and, and I'm going to do what I need to do and forget the next guy. But, but in Matthew chapter 2, it, it goes on in verse 3, and it goes on and says this, When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Messiah would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. Because of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them, the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, 
Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I can go and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. So here King Herod has these magi come to him asking about the king. Now think of this. I'm the king. What do you mean there's another king? And automatically that pride or arrogance or whatever it was, maybe it was fear or something just stirs up inside of Herod, and and he's totally blindsided by what they're asking. But then you can tell he's threatened. He he feels threatened all of a sudden. He he wants to call all the scribes and the Pharisees, and let's find this out, and and how's this going to happen? And so then he even asks, when did you see the star? So he's trying to piece this time frame together on what's going on. And then he tries to be slick, you know, a lot like we try and do. Well, hey, go and find him. And let me know when you find him so that I can praise him too. That's kind of like a bless their heart. You know what I mean? Yeah, go ahead and find them because I want to come and bless them too. But our blessing is a different kind of blessing. Yeah, we kind of run into that in the business world today. It's like, you know, oh, oh, here comes this up and runner, and oh, yeah, go find them because I want to bless them, and, and really you want to try and find things wrong with them so you can smush them into the ground so you can contain and hold the power that you got. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Hold on to that power. Oh, I'm not going to teach anyone my stuff because uh, if, if they know as much as me, then... They won't need me anymore. I'm replaceable, right? Isn't that crazy that we actually think like that? But, but here we, we see this. And, and understand, this is commonplace. If you work in the tech industry today, there's going to come a time when you're not going to be the guy they go to to new technology because someone's going to know new technology more than you do. And it's like that through anything. Anything that you're doing in life, if, if you're in electricity, electrical, electronics, building, whatever it may be, as new things come along, you may not be the expert. And ultimately, there's trades that unfortunately die out because we don't have people to continue to learn them, or they find a cheaper and easier way to do it. And then all of a sudden, you just replace by a machine or you replace by something that, that isn't actually real, it's kind of manufactured. I mean, even 3D printers now, you can print just about anything. But, but we kind of get phased out. And, and hey, and if you're a parent, you know all about being phased out. Okay? Well, I remember when our kids were little, it's like we knew everything. We were, we were on top of the world. If they had a question, they came and asked mom or dad. Then they became a teenager. And all of a sudden, they know everything, and you're the dumbest person on the face of the earth, and you just don't understand them. 
Well, then when they get in their mid-20s up into their 30s, guess what? All of a sudden, you become smart again. All of a sudden, they come back to you. But, but it's this whole, unfortunately, power and, and leadership and, and this whole transition is constantly changing. It's constantly changing in our life. It's constantly changing inside our world. And we should never be threatened by it. Never be threatened by change. Change is generally a good thing. The problem is we like to hold on to things way too long, and we don't like to see the change. But, but imagine if we actually, if Herod in this situation, he, he don't like this change of this new king, uh, who is this guy? And instead of embracing the, hey, this new king of the Jews has been born, instead of being a part of it, he could have been part of the legacy of the Christmas story. He could have been part of the legacy of the life of Jesus. We may actually, if he would have thought differently, actually talked about how King Herod wrote part of the Bible or whatever it may have been. Instead, he chose a different route. He chose a different route to the point that he actually killed every male child two years and younger. That's what he's known for. As a king, he basically slipped away to nothing because he was worried about his own power and his own glory instead of stepping outside his comfort zone and realizing that it could have been this opportunity for God to use him in a mighty way. Instead, he's totally obliviated and he's nothing but a spot inside the entire Christmas story or inside history. And I think, you know, we kind of see the same thing in our own lives. Uh, you think about it when all of a sudden like someone steals your limelight. You know, you work hard at doing something and you're like, man, this is so good. And then all of a sudden the boss walks up and thanks someone else. Man, you did a good job. You're like, huh? What? what do you, I'm the one who works 70 hours on that project. All they did was turned it in. Yeah. And then the question is, how do you react? Are you like, oh my God, I'm not doing it again. That's it. I'm over. I ain't helping them. I'm not going to help them one bit. I'm going to let them fail. I'm going to laugh, and then maybe I'll get mine. Really? But, the, but that's how we react, right? And I even think we see this in the Bible. Think about King David. King David and, and King Saul actually was Shepherd David at the time, and King Saul, and, and they were going to battle. They were working on the same thing, fighting the Philistines. They were on the same side. And then they come back in town, and the, the women will be singing all about how Saul killed thousands, but David killed tens of thousands. And all of a sudden, Saul's like, huh? What do you mean? He's getting more credit than me. I'm the king. And, and it turns into this spite that, that he just wants David to be killed and whatever it takes, and instead of realizing that, hey, I'm the king. He should be killing more than me because I'm in charge. I should be behind the lines. He should be on the front lines. But that pride got up into him. And then you see a totally different side of it in the New Testament. You see Paul who wrote a lot of the New Testament. All of a sudden he takes young Timothy under his wing. And he mentors Timothy to where Timothy actually pastors the church in Ephesus. And he's always there and he takes him on the journey and I think in life we forget that even outside church, we should all have a Timothy in our life. We should have someone that we're 
teaching and bringing along and mentoring to, to replace us. Because here's the reality, and I, I used to do it. We talked about it a little bit in men's study yesterday. I remember back in the day when I was working with Winn-Dixie, uh, and, and I would train up my supervisors. And I would teach them everything that I knew. And I never worried about one of them taking my job. I looked at it like this, hey, if they all can do my job, it made my job easier. But then on top of it, it made it so I could get promoted. And then if I got promoted, I could then take more of them under my wings and continue to do the same thing. And then it builds this legacy after you're gone and, and you're able to look back. And even now today, look back on Facebook and, and old guys who were supervisors that I trained up, seeing what they're doing with their life now. Where, you know, when Dixie's long gone, well, pretty much long gone. Uh, <laughs> but you see them either running businesses or doing other things and they're being successful. And, and the times that they'll reach out to me and be like, man, I am so glad you taught me this, this, or this. And, and it's that legacy. Well, here we see King Herod wasn't worried about legacy. He was worried like a lot of us worry about it. Oh, if I'm going to lose power, if I'm going to use, lose prestige, if I'm not in charge, no one's going to be. I'm going to burn the house down first. See, some people take that mentality. I'll burn the house down and let it die instead of actually being obedient and taking time to use those God opportunities and get outside your comfort zone. So many of us get caught up just like Herod do, and we get caught up more worried about our power than anything else. And we need to remember that interruptions in our routines it may be uncomfortable. It may be uncomfortable when, when, hey, this is how we've always done it. Things got to change. Hey, you know what? I, I, I know this may be irresponsible, but the, I'm going to have to be late for this meeting because this person came up and they need prayer. Hey, I, I, I may be, it may seem irresponsible, but, but I, I've got to talk to this person who, who doesn't look like us because they want to know about Jesus. I've got to be willing, and we have to be willing to step outside of that comfort zone and accept those unique opportunities that God's going to give us. You know, one thing that I talk about in the past is those God opportunities. God gives us opportunities each and every day. But we miss so many of them because we don't want to get out of our routine. We don't want to take that opportunity to do what God calls us to do. <coughs> our greatest opportunities in life lie outside of our comfort zones when we got to take those steps. Okay. Be like the shepherds. Be like the magi. They were searching for truth. They were searching for a Messiah. And the reality is, you know how they knew what star to look for? You know how they knew what to look for? Because when the Jews were held captive, they knew enough about the Jewish religion. They knew enough about the Jewish faith. They knew about the coming of the Messiah. They knew all of these different things that King Herod, who was ruler of the Jews, didn't even know. And they were outsiders. 
You know, see, in, in our life, we get so stuck in routine that we miss it. We miss what God has for us. I had a conversation with someone this week, and, and it, it was pretty interesting, but it's sad but true. How many times do you get out-Christianed by a non-Christian? Think about it. How many times do we get out-Christianed by a non-Christian? Someone who loves, someone who will give the shirt off their back, someone who's willing to step outside their comfort zone to help somebody else, someone who accepts people where they are instead of placing judgment on them. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people, whether they're in this room or joining us for church online, that every single day, someone who is not a Christian, someone who does not go to church, looks and acts more Christian than they do. Because we're unwilling to allow God to use us in those opportunities because we get so stuck in our rigid routine of this is what we got to do, this is how it's got to be done, and, and we put all of these laws and rules on ourselves instead of realizing that God says, hey, everyone can come. Hey, I can use anyone to glorify me. And, and we get all of this head knowledge and it never gets past our head into our heart. And we can quote all this scripture, we can do all these things, and, and then meanwhile, someone's actually hurting, and what do we tell them? Well, that's just, you know, you're just in trouble because of the sin in your life. You need to repent. Really? How about, like, loving on them? How about praying with them at the time? Getting outside your comfort zone and seeing what you can do to help them. But man, we will put damnation on anybody. Where it should be on us. We forget that. We forget who we serve because we get caught in our comfort zone and we refuse to get out of it. Today we saw three different characters. The shepherds got out of their comfort zone. They were willing to leave their job to do ministry. Now I'm not telling any of y'all to leave your job to do ministry. Don't take it that way. <laughs> Well, pastor said, I need to quit my job. Woohoo! I quit. I'm, here's my notice. I'm not telling you that. But, but there's times you may be a little late for a meeting because you're ministering to someone. All of us that have those things where, where someone's going through something, maybe there's a death in the family, maybe there's an argument with a spouse, something's going on in someone's life, and, and you're on your way to a meeting, and all of a sudden you're hearing it, and you're like, Man, I'd love to help you, but i got to go. How about get outside that routine? Walk in late for the meeting. Oh, hey, I'm sorry I was late. I was ministering to someone. What? Be open and bold. That's what the, the shepherds did. They were willing to leave their flocks, leave their job to go do ministry. We need to be willing to do ministry when God calls us to do ministry. Be willing to accept those who may have a different belief system, especially if they're looking into this Jesus thing. Actually, be Jesus with skin on. Don't put all these rules because the reality is God accepts people that we don't. There are probably people who are shocked that, oh my God, God accepted you? Yeah, he accepted you, so why not let God have that ability if someone is seeking them with his, their whole heart and they're trying to find out about this Jesus thing? Take that opportunity to teach them about Jesus. 
not your own personal rules that you put around Jesus, but what the Bible says about Jesus. And then, of course, don't be like Herod. Herod drifted away in, in, in these stories, these three characters. You know, on Christmas cards, you see the shepherds. You see Christmas cards with the wise men. You, you see nativity scenes that have, you know, the shepherds and the wise men. Anyone got a nativity scene that has King Herod in it? No? Why not? He's in the Christmas story, right? But he's the bad guy. Only because he didn't want to change his heart. Heck, we see the Grinch under Christmas trees before we see Herod. But we know his heart grew. His heart grew. King Herod's heart did not grow. Don't be like King Herod. Like I said, look for God's unique opportunities when your routine gets interrupted. Your routine is going to get interrupted, especially during the holiday. Look for God's unique opportunities during that time. And be willing to... to Love God and love others. And in order to do that, we've got to be, allow our routines to get interrupted, allowed to be taken outside of what we want, and be open to God. You know, I've said before, Lord, give me your God opportunities. Lord, bring that person into my life that you need me to talk to about you. And I say it all the time, I'll tell people, hey, if you pray for God to give you an opportunity, get ready, because it's coming. But it requires to get out of our comfort zone. Be willing to get out of your comfort zone for the opportunities that God has for you. Amen? And for someone here, whether here in the room or joining us church online, that unique God opportunity may be accepting Jesus. You may be saying, man, I'm like the Magi. I believe in this other religion and and all this other stuff. I'm just trying to find out about this Jesus thing. And, and man, you don't know me, Pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm out there. Well, that's okay. I don't need to know you. He knows you. As long as he knows you and you're seeking him with your whole heart, that, that's a good place to start. Because the reality is we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. Every one of us are sinners. We all fall short. But God loved us enough that he sent his son to die on a cross for us. And God's word, very simple, says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You notice it didn't say you've got to jump three times on your right leg and spin around twice on your left. You didn't have to learn a special handshake. You notice it doesn't say you got to go through all these classes or you got to jump through all these hoops or all this other stuff. What does it say? Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Thank God it's that simple. But the problem is, what do we do? We add to it. Exactly. We complicate things. Shortest distance between two points is a straight line, and none of us will take a straight line to get there. We'll always go a different direction. I can save five minutes this way. I can save two minutes this way. Make the straight line. Confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. 
believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then all that other stuff that you, you've got going on in your life, let him work on that. Because he will begin to work on it from the inside out through that sanctification, and, and the sins in your life will change. You know that said they'll change, not go away. Because we're all sinners. Our sin is just different. The sin that I was doing when I accepted Jesus is a whole lot different from the sin I do today. But I'm still a sinner. I still fall short. That's right. Your pastor falls short. Your pastor is a sinner. Hallelujah. Love you anyways. Amen. Because if you say you have no sin or you say you're a liar. So I'm not going to say it because then I'd be a liar and I'd be a sinner anyways. Amen? Amen. So if you're here today and you're like, man, I, I need to change my ways. You know, I, I need to find out more. Take that first step. Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and do what he calls you to do. And then if you're living your life and, and you don't like to get out of your routine and Hey, I, I know your mom just died, but I got a meeting I got to go to. We'll talk later, and then you never really talk later because it doesn't fit in your routine. Step outside your routine for someone this week. Be willing to get outside of your routine and have a conversation. Have that God opportunity with somebody. Because trust me, we're going into Christmas. There are plenty of God opportunities that are going to come your way. You're going to be around family, you're going to be around friends, maybe office parties, whatever it's going to be. Use those opportunities when God, you know, you feel that knock in the back of your head. Hey, 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 go talk to this person. Guess what? Go talk to them. Don't be like, oh, I can't do that. This is a work party. I can't talk about Jesus. Yes, you can. You just send up in the HR office later. Don't worry about it. Maybe the HR manager needs to know Jesus. Amen. We all need to know Jesus. Have those conversations. Here's the reality. If they ask you, hey, tell me about this Jesus thing, guess what? You're not pushing Jesus. You're answering a question. They asked me. I just read them the gospel. Amen? Amen. Take the opportunities you're given this week to, to do what God calls you to do. Be willing to step outside your comfort zone. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, as we did last week, we're going to, after I pray, we're going to do another worship song. Um, and... I just happen to love, we're going to have a, a clip come up here. I think it is the best clip that we ever see on television this time of the year. And I honestly feel it should be played every day of the year, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, where you can just turn to it and, and listen to Linus give the Christmas story. Uh, I just love it to death. So, But I'm going to pray, we're going to see video, have some more worship time. Uh, but then after that, if you've never accepted Jesus or you want to talk or you need prayer for something, I'll be in the back. Come and see me. I'll be more than happy to, to pray with you. Uh, reminders, deacons, we're going to go to John G's uh, for lunch and a meeting after we're done. Um, and with that being said, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you. We thank you for everything you continue to do. And we thank you for the opportunities that you bring into our life. Lord, there's so many times that you will bring these unique opportunities into our lives and, and we just snuff them off. Lord, because we don't want to get out of that comfort zone. We don't want to get out of our routine. So, so, Lord, my prayer is that everyone here, 
who hears my voice, whether they're here in the sanctuary, joining us for church online, or even watching this video later. Lord, that they will be obedient to the opportunities that you bring into their life, that they will step outside their comfort zone, that they will get, break their own routine to do what you call them to do. And Lord, I ask that you bring to their mind times that they haven't done it in the past, so that when that opportunity comes again, when you're ready to use them, that they will take those steps. And Lord, maybe that opportunity is for someone to, to accept you as their Lord and Savior. Or maybe to recommit their lives where, where they haven't been living a life according to your word, and, and Lord, they need to recommit themselves to you. Lord, that they will make those steps today, step outside of their comfort zone, get out of their everyday routine, and truly start living a life that glorifies you. Lord, you are the reason for this season, and may we give every opportunity we have in our life to praise you and glorify you and do what you call us to do. So, Lord, my prayer is that you bring those God opportunities into each of our lives throughout this week. And, Lord, that you may be glorified. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.